Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Before you're seated, just love on somebody today and tell them again, you appreciate me, you appreciate me, you appreciate me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Before I get into the word today, I want to thank Pastor Joshua Welton for the word that was ministered last week and his obedience to the Spirit of God. If if you appreciate Pastor Joshua, come on, let's show some love today. Amen. Amen. Any, any habitual Facebook users, habitual Facebook users, come on, you know you were checking just a little bit ago, come on, that's all good. Habitual just means it's your habit, I get it. We took a poll uh, a couple days ago, and here was the question we proposed, do you have any kind of weird or crazy fears that you've never shared with anyone else? Any weird or crazy fears that you've never shared with anyone else? And here was the crazy thing, Okay. of the people said, yes, they do have weird and crazy fears that they've never shared with anyone. 46% of people said, no, I don't have any weird or crazy fears that I've shared with anyone. So my question was, is that 100% fearful and yes or no to have shared it with somebody else? Or yes, I do have fears and I've shared it. No, I don't have any fears at all. I don't don't know how you're feeling today, but I want to speak to those fears today, those weird and crazy fears. Let me give you a, a couple of the weirdest crazy ones that I've found. Anyone have arithmophobia? Arithmophobia. Arithmophobia. The fear of math. Come on, the fear of math. Come on, be honest. Arithmophobia. Yeah, I'm I'm terrified of numbers. Fear of math. How about this one? This one kind of surprised me. Ampholophobia. The fear of belly buttons. Anyone got... Don't admit that. It's a little awkward and weird. Uh, I know this one is prevalent today. Conmotophobia. The fear of zombies. They're not real, y'all. I promise. They're not real. Okay. I don't know if you believe that or not, but they're not. This one really, uh, this one really blessed me because I know it's the majority of people in here. The, the, the nomophobia. Nomophobics. Any nomophobics in the house? I cannot live too long without my phone. If I can't find it, I start to panic. I start to sweat. I start to, my hands get all clammy and, and my sweat glands just begin to, 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 to break out. And I feel really anxious if I don't know where my phone is. Anybody see my phone? And isn't that crazy? This went all, oh, where's my phone? Where's my phone? And it's been in my hand the whole time. Uh, yes, nomophobia. I'm, I'm practicing my, my Greek here today, my Latin. Hexacososis, hexaconta, hexaphobia. The fear of the number 666. That's pretty legitimate. I got it. I got it. Okay. It's just a mouthful. Just the word alone scares me. All right. Anyone got this fear right here? Phobophobia. Just the, the fear of fears. <laughs> Phobophobia. Here's a fun fact for you, just in case you didn't know. The Bible itself actually says of itself, fear not, do not be afraid, 365 times. That means for every day of the year, you can find something that tells you, fear not. Do not be afraid. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The 365 times I can go to scripture and find something for every day of the year that tells me, God doesn't want me to be paralyzed by fear. Can I get an amen? Isaiah 12, 2 says, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not 
be afraid. Speaking to some fears here today. I do believe that fear and faith have one thing in common. They both ask us to believe something that is going to happen, and we can't see it. Both fear and faith just share one thing. Asking me to trust and believe something I can't see is going to happen. Give them that quick little video real quick, sir. I, this, is, this is one of my favorite videos of all time. I, I love this. Hallelujah. That is the greatest video of all time. Faith and fear. I need you to know today that there's a way to combat your fear. You can actually fight your fears with your faith. When, when fear says to you ultimately, that's how grandma died and that's how mama died and that's how you're going to die. Faith fights against that and says, nah, I am going to live and not die and declare the works of almighty God. Your, your, your fear will tell you your business is going to collapse. You're not making your, 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 your reports. You're, you're not making enough money. Things are going to fall apart. Fear says, I might as well just quit now. But faith says, no, no, no. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I fight my fear with, with faith, if you will. Fear tells you to give up. Quit trying. Quit loving. Quit praying. You're never going to be happy again. But your faith ultimately says, nope, I have not even met my best days yet. God's got something greater for me. Second Timothy tells us this so crystal clear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Somebody declare what he's given to you though. God has given me a spirit of power. God has given me a spirit of love. God has given me a sound mind. So you know what I do with fear? I run at it like it's a ghost. Bow can run through my fear like it's Casper. You don't really matter. I don't have to be paralyzed by fear. Do you believe today God has not called us to be paralyzed by timidity, paralyzed by worry, paralyzed by anxiety, paralyzed by depression? That is not God's destiny for my life. Can I get an amen from a faith-filled Christian today? What I want to do is I want to just take a quick look into Joshua chapter 1 with you. Joshua chapter 1. For those of you who are familiar with this text, you know that Moses is dead. Joshua has now assumed the mantle of leadership of the nation of Israel. And God has to tell Joshua from the very beginning, multiple times, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Come on, let's kind of look into the locker room setting, if you will. God has given Joshua this pregame pep talk, and he says this. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I just need somebody just prophetically to declare this over your life. I will be prosperous. I will be successful. We're not just throwing this out here blatantly. We're doing it because we believe in a lifestyle of discipline that the word of God will stay on my lips and I will meditate on that word. And then... 
I will be prosperous and successful. God says this, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Notice that God tells Joshua what to do. Be strong and courageous. And then he tells Joshua what not to do. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. If you notice, God doesn't say, you don't feel fear. You won't feel fear. God says, don't be afraid. He doesn't say you won't feel discouraged. He says, don't be discouraged. He says, you won't feel anxiety or you won't feel worry. He says, don't be afraid. No matter what you feel, don't be it. Instead, be strong. Be courageous. Understand, even the godliest of us, we have fears. But fear doesn't have us. Fear doesn't have us. And here's what I believe today. As I look at this text and I read it in context, I recognize God is telling me, look, Joshua, my promises to you are optional. You can choose to believe them or not. But I have given you a guarantee. My presence will go with you wherever you go. Woo! His promises to you might feel like they're optional sometimes, and you choose whether or not you want to believe him. But I have a guarantee today. His presence will go with me everywhere that I go. I used to have a friend back in middle school and high school. His name was Chris Brouch. He was a world-class jerk. But there was one thing I knew about this dude. No matter what situation I got into, this guy was going to have my back no matter what. No matter who tried to face me up or call me out or what situation came against me, I knew that this brother, though a royal butthead, was going to have my back no matter what I was going through. And this is what you need to know about your God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I know my God has got my back. He's with me through it all. His rod and staff comfort and correct me. His presence. I can't no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I encourage, I can't get people to always believe the promises of God. So many times God's promises us to optional, but I have this guarantee. I am with you to the ends of the earth, the ends of the age. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is what God says to us. Someone say, I've got a guarantee. Come on, I've got a guarantee. My Lord, I don't, I don't buy anything expensive unless I get a, a guarantee. I need to know this thing is guaranteed, and God gives Joshua a guarantee. You're going to win some mighty battles. You're going to take out some enemies. You, 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 you're going to lead this whole nation. But instead of just telling you, you can be strong and you can win, God says to make sure that you win, to make sure you stay strong and courageous. Here's your guarantee. I'll go with you. I, I will go with you. I just sense in this room that somebody's been asking God, go with me. Where are you at today? Go with me, Lord. Everywhere that I go, go with me. 
Everywhere that my feet walk, go with me. Every transaction I'm a part of, go with me. Every relationship I build, go with me. Every time I'm in the grocery store, go with me. Every time I'm driving, go with me. Everything I'm believing for, I need you to go with me. As I'm pursuing further education, go with me. As I'm, as I'm building my business, go with me. As, as I'm believing for the impossible, go with me. As we walk the streets of Aurora and call it back for Jesus Christ, go with me. God, I need you to go with me. And he gives us a guarantee. My presence will be with you. My presence will be with you. So what does Joshua do? He he takes this guarantee from God because he realized I've got to convince a whole nation of people that they've got a destiny. I've got to convince a whole nation of people to not be afraid. Literally, we've been wandering in a wilderness for 40 years now. We've watched our parents completely die off. And now we're getting ready to enter into the promised land I need to be able to convince these people that we can win and fulfill our destiny. So God gives him this instruction and this guarantee. My presence will be with you. Read on with me in Joshua chapter 3. So Joshua tells the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today, you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Gershashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites ahead of you. God will go with you. He will be among you. He will drive out your enemies. He will be ahead of you. Can you tell somebody next to you, you don't have to be afraid. God's among you. You don't have to be afraid. God's ahead of you. You don't have to worry. God has given you a destiny. You don't have to freak out. God's got a future for you. Here's what you need to recognize. The bigger your destiny, the bigger your enemies. Okay, I will. The bigger your destiny, when they first tried to enter the promised land 40 years before, they saw the size of their enemies. Joshua, Caleb, and 10 other spies went in and checked out the land. And when they saw how big the people were in this promised land, 10 of them freaked out. 10 of them. Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report and said, Woo, you can't believe what God's got for us. This, these things are so big. It's amazing. I can't believe what God has set us up for. Hallelujah. freaking And they tried to convince the people, the two of them, we got this. God is with us. We can take this. But the 10 naysayers spoke louder than the two encouragers. Who are you hanging out with? I said, who are you hanging out with? If you've got more naysayers, more doubters, more haters, and especially when it concerns your destiny, you need to say, you know what, y'all? I ain't about to hear that no more. I'm, you ain't helped me get any further in my life anyway. I know you look at the neighbor next to you, but be careful now. I need to be around people who are going to tell me I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength. And they, they heard this word. The Israelites heard this word from the ten naysayers, and they freaked out, and they lived in fear. And because of that, they missed their chance to enter the promised land. But now 40 years later, Joshua's telling these people, we've got a big destiny. Therefore, we're going to have some big enemies in our life. But can I go just, just a little deeper, just for a moment? I want you to notice that God doesn't start the conversation with Joshua about how big their enemies are. 
God doesn't start the conversation with Joshua about the enemies that he has to fight. He doesn't, he doesn't say you're going to fight the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Cellulites. God doesn't say that. God, God, God says to him, God says to him, let me tell you who your real enemy is. Let, 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 let me make clear to you who, who, who your real enemy is. Can I tell you today your real enemy is not the people sitting next to you? I know you can't always get along, but that's not your enemy. Can I tell you that your real enemy are not the people sitting in Washington, D.C.? I know it feels that way sometimes, but that's not your real enemy. Can, can I tell you today that your, your real enemy, the real enemy of even your life here today is not the, the, the people that sit on the job while you do all the work, but they take all the credit. That's not your real enemy. Your real enemy Joshua, God tells him very clearly, your real enemy is the, is the, is the person you've got to, the thing you've got to recognize that is actually fighting you constantly. Because you've got to understand this, if, if you don't know who your real enemy is, you're going to spend your whole life fighting the wrong kind of battles, fighting against the wrong situations, fighting the wrong people. So in the very beginning of the conversation, before God even talks about all the enemies they're going to face, God lays out to Joshua who your real enemy is. You have to fight against fear, Joshua. You've got to fight against discouragement, Joshua. You've got to fight against depression, Joshua. Your real enemy is not the thing that stands up against you. Your real enemy is the thing that tries to rise up on the inside of you and make you believe I can't do this I can't be this I can't have this I will never be healed I will never be encouraged I will never find love your enemy is within so God says you've got to fight the real enemy Joshua you've got to call out the real enemy you got to tell it before I ever face a giant in the land I've got to fight the giant in my head says I'm scared I'm worried. I don't know if I can do this. <sighs> I don't feel enough. I don't, I don't believe I'm enough. God says, Joshua, that right there is your enemy. Recognize it and fight your real enemy. Because if you can fight fear, you can have a future. If you can fight discouragement, you can fulfill your destiny. If you can fight that doubt today, I believe God is going to allow you to fulfill the greater purpose on your life. Just for a moment all over this room, if you know you have a destiny, a God-given destiny, just lift your hand and say, it's mine. It's mine. Come on, in the face of fear, say it's mine. In the face of discouragement, say it's mine. In the face of your worries and doubts, say it's mine. It's a God-given destiny. It doesn't matter who tries to take it away. God gave it. And when God gives, he's going to make sure I fulfill it. He gave it. He'll give me the courage to fulfill it. Amen. Amen. Let me give you this last thing. It's a little secret I learned a long time ago. Anybody like secrets? Come on, honest. Anybody like secrets? Come on, be honest. It's all right. Yeah, I see those hands. I know you, you like secrets. We like keeping them at least, don't we? Except when there's someone else's. Watch out. I've learned in my life how to keep myself encouraged. There's a way to keep yourself encouraged. Someone say, keep yourself encouraged. Keep yourself encouraged. Keep yourself encouraged. Here's the secret I learned. Joshua 1.8 again. Back in Joshua 1.8. 
Here's the secret to keeping yourself encouraged. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. What? You thought I was going to tell you, find yourself a Christian that's going to keep you encouraged, right? Find yourself a brother or sister in Christ who's going to keep you encouraged. Get married and find somebody who's going to see you in your worst moments to keep you encouraged, right? For better or worse. No. The secret to actually staying encouraged is to keep this book of the law always on your lips. The reason it's not found necessarily in someone else, because listen to me, Christians are notorious for forgetting about you. We're busy enough as it is. Life is chaotic enough as it is. I got enough issues of my own to remember yours. Come on, somebody. There are, there are, there are things that I, I go through, and, 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 and if I'm looking for a fellow Christian to, to be the one to shoot me a text and, and to make sure they give me a hug in the hall at church and, and, and to, to pull me aside and give me a word from God, and if I'm waiting on a Christian to be the one to keep me encouraged, I'm probably going to feel discouraged the majority of my walk with God. If I'm waiting on somebody else to be my source of courage, hello, somebody. So here's what I learned this from David. David actually did this one time in 1 Samuel chapter 30. David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him to death because the soul of every man was grieved literally these guys had lost their sons and daughters and wives they were grieved and they were going to turn on David so here's what David did when he was so distressed David encouraged himself in the Lord his God this is the secret to keeping yourself encouraged David wrote this one time in Psalms he said this he said my tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? You ever been there before? We have literally cried yourself to sleep. In fact, you've cried so much, you can't even find yourself... With the, the desire to even get up and eat anything. My, my, my food has become my tears because I'm, I'm so broken. I'm in such agony. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so stressed. I'm so, I'm so worried. I'm, I'm so hurt. I, I, I don't know what else to do other than just, God, where are you? God, where are you? David was at this place where he was in such utter agony, such utter defeat. Even the people around him were saying, where's your God at? Where's this God that you believe in? This God is supposed to represent you. This God is supposed to have your back. Where's he at? David recognized in these moments when he was the most discouraged and the most afraid. Verse 11 tells us just like this. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Check it out. Here's the key to your encouragement. Put your hope in the Lord, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The key to ever staying encouraged is to learn how to talk to yourself and put yourself in the right place. Put yourself backing up. Put yourself out. Put yourself into and say, I know who my God is. I know what he's done. I will put my trust in him. 
or the people that have learned how to encourage yourself in the Lord by simply saying, I know how bad it is around me, yet I will still praise him. I know I'm hurting, yet I will still praise him. I know people have walked out on me, yet I will still praise him. I know this is a season of sorrow and mourning and loss, yet I will still praise him. Do I have anybody in the house that just for a moment can lift a hand and lift a voice and say, God, even in my darkest times, I've got a yet praise on the inside of me. I will yet praise you. No matter what goes on around me. There was a quote I want to read you real quick from Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He said, have you realized that most of our unhappiness in life is due to the fact that we spend too much time listening to ourselves and not enough time talking to ourselves? Anybody talk to yourself? Anybody talk to yourself? Understand the discrepancy here. I don't mean... I'm such a loser, such an idiot. I'm such a failure. It ain't going to happen for me. I'll never get over this. I'll never get through this. I'll never know what real joy is like. I'll never know what real... Are you listening to yourself? Of course you are. And that's why you're still stuck there in your loneliness, in your bitterness, in your brokenness, in your depression, in your fear, because you spend too much time listening to yourself. You need to get a new directive. This is what I do with my kids. I listen to them gripe, and then I talk to them. And I tell them, this is how it's going to be. You are blessed. You've got everything that you, you could ever ask for and, and more. God, God has been so good to our family. So I listen to their griping, and then I start talking to their griping, and I tell them what they actually have. If you would just do this with yourself, you've got no problem correcting anybody else in your life. Why don't you stand still and correct yourself for a moment? Look in the mirror and correct yourself. Instead of just listening to what you said about yourself, correct yourself. Speak to yourself and say, no, wait just a minute. I know who I am in Jesus Christ. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Greater see that is in me than anything in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not faint. I've got to learn to stop listening to the nonsense I speak over myself and start telling myself who I really am in Jesus Christ. Truth be told, too many of us are listening to ourselves, destroy ourselves, listening to ourselves, tear ourselves down. Maybe it's not something you've said, maybe it's something someone else has said over you, and you're just repeating what you've heard. I say this to those in the room who, who recognize the a fear of failure. A fear of never being good enough. I say this with all the respect I know how. My father is a pastor. But as I was growing up, there'd be times that he'd say things to me he shouldn't. And one of the things that still sticks out to me this day that I will regurgitate and listen to myself say, if I'm not careful, when he'd tell me, You're worthless. You're worthless. You're worthless. You're worthless. Now, he was a godly man, he knew the scriptures. He spent a lot of time correcting me, instructing me, 
But when he get mad at me for not doing the things he expected me to do, you're worthless. I can't count on you. I can't depend on you. You're worthless. Woo. Listen to me. You don't recognize the power of the words you speak over your children. This is what I learned a long time ago from that experience. I will never tell my children what they're not. I will tell them who they're supposed to be. I got no problem calling out and saying, you're acting like this. But I tell them who they are. You are a child of God. You're better than this. You're stronger than this. You're smarter than this. I tell them who they are. But if I'm not careful, I can find myself repeating things that were said over me long ago. And then I'm listening to myself. And I stop talking to myself. And guess what I can do? In listening to myself, I can talk myself out of blessing. I can, I can talk myself out of a miracle. I can, I can talk myself out of my destiny. I literally can do it. This is why God told Joshua, boy, be strong and courageous. Don't fear. Keep this word always, always on your lips. Keep my word always on. You've got to talk to yourself and tell yourself what the word of God is saying over your life. Always. Always. Notice. Notice that God says, keep this word on your lips. Not on your mind. Keep it on your lips. Because you don't always believe what's running through your head, but you will believe what you speak. You, and, and you will have what you declare. Keep this word on your lips. Keep it always on your lips. And then God says, meditate on what you're speaking day and night. Meditate. Meditate on what you're declaring day and night. Now you can think about it, but it has to be on your lips. you got to speak it. The Hebrew word there for meditate actually means to mumble. Mumble. Come on, you know you do it. You know you do. You know you do. Kids are listening. I'm about to get them. I'm about to tear somebody up up in here. It's, going, it's about to go down. I'm about to go cry. I'm about to lose my mind up in here. about to happen, Jesus. We mutter and mumble to ourselves. What happens when we start muttering the word of God? Can I tell you what happens? My grandfather, he was CrossFit. Here's what I mean by CrossFit. He was disciplined. He had a third grade education, and he disciplined himself to read and study a King James Bible with a third grade education. My God, I don't even read from King James anymore. Good Lord. But with a third grade education, he would, I remember watching him. He would sit in his rocking chair, and with his red highlight pen, he would highlight a scripture, and then he'd sit there and rock, and he would mutter the scripture over and over and over. I can do all things to Christ who giveth me strength. I can do all things to Christ who giveth me strength, who strengthened me, like the King James. I can do all things to Christ who strengthened me. I can do all things to Christ who strengthened me. I can do all things. And he would just mutter it over and over and mumble it over and over. And guess what would happen? This man would mutter so many scriptures that in time, he could literally stand up in a pulpit and quote entire chapters without holding a Bible 
able to read because he allowed himself to mutter and mumble and repeat and regurgitate the word of God constantly that when it came time to stand up and preach it, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth began to speak the living word of God. Do I have anybody in this generation that is tired of listening to the lies Satan has spoken against you? Anybody in this generation tired of believing less than about yourself? Believing you are no good? Believing you are nothing? Believe that you are worthless? Anybody in this generation that wants to grab the word of God and get it so ingrained in your heart that no matter what comes against you, you can come back with the word and say, I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror. He began to mutter this word. Grandpa did over and over again. Over and over and over and over. That when he stood up on this pulpit here, two years ago, tomorrow, he passed. The last time he stood to preach, his mind was kind of blank. At one point, he actually got a little scared. And you know what he did? He just started mumbling the word. He just started, started muttering the word. Just speaking what he knew. Just declaring the word. A couple verses he quoted a couple times. But it didn't matter to me. Because I learned that's how you get crossfit. That's how you discipline yourself. This is how you put fear in its place. This is how you put discouragement in its place. This is how you put every lie that Satan has spoken against you in its place. You come at it with the word of the living God. All over this room here today, can you just agree with me? It's time that we get ourselves disciplined enough. Can you agree with me all over this room? It's time that we get crossfit enough to... To, li- to literally not just read the word, but to rehearse the word. To, to not just study the word, if you will, eh, but to speak the word constantly. Do I have anybody in this place that agrees with me? It's time we become a generation of Christians that gets disciplined in our walk with God. And we get this word so deep in our hearts. It's what comes out of our mouths. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Paul told Timothy, he said, all scripture that is given to us, all of it, it's inspired. It is literally breathed by the Spirit of God. And here's what he tells us that it does. The scriptures ultimately, we use them for reproof, for rebuke, for correction, for direction, for instruction, for righteousness. And then he goes on to say this in verse 17. The word of God ultimately, when it stays always on our lips... It helps us become so crossfit that we may be complete and literally fit, equipped for every good work. I asked you a little bit ago, do you believe God has given you a destiny? Do you believe that God has given you something, some future, some, something to accomplish? Most of us say, yep, I believe God has given me that. I believe there's something more for my life than just coming to church and sitting Something more for my life than just working my nine to five and, and, and just praying for my next vacation. I believe there's something more for my life. There's a destiny for me. A greater purpose with which I'm here. One more time, if that was you, just lift your hands to heaven. I, I believe God has given me a greater destiny. A greater destiny. Lift your hands high to heaven today. 
Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Can I encourage you today? Fight your fears. Can I encourage you today? Fight your fears. Fight them with the Word of God. Fight your discouragement. Fight it with the Word of God. Fight your anxiety. Fight it with the Word of God. Fight that depression. Fight it with the Word of God. Fight it. Fight it. Fight it so you can fulfill your destiny. Fight it. Fight it with the truth of God's Word. Keep those hands raised just for a moment longer. Heavenly Father, we're declaring today that like the nation of Israel, we will not die outside of our destiny. Come on. We will not die apart from what you promised us. We have a guarantee that your presence is with us. You go before us. You will lead us and guide us. You will be with us and protect us. You will be our shield. You'll be our sword. You'll be our light. You'll be our hope. You will bring us to that place of completion for our destiny. We will not be people who hear the word of God and then do nothing with it. We will be those who put it into practice. CrossFit Christians, putting it into practice. Let the redeemed of the Lord in this place to hear today say so. I will, I will, I will fulfill my destiny. I will fight my fears, discouragement, anxiety, worry. I will be strong and courageous. I will see the promises of God fulfilled in my life. I will, I will do what I'm here to do. And God will be with me everywhere I go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody today just thank God for his, his authority, his truth, his power, his grace that says, I'm with you, child. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I can keep my word. Let me give you this last verse real quick because I never want to close anything out without talking about my Lord and Savior Jesus. This idea of being CrossFit was not only meant to show you who Jesus is, but who we are when we take up our cross and follow him daily. The, the discipline of our life. Learning to put fear in its proper place is part of discipline. It's part of discipline. It really is. Learning to put discouragement in its proper place is part of discipline. Okay. Truth be told, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> When I had to learn years ago how to encourage myself in the Lord, I recognized a long time ago, sometimes people are just too busy to text me. Sometimes people are, are just too preoccupied with their life to, to be concerned with mine. Let's be honest. Sometimes people just forget about you. It just happens. So I learned what I had to do. I had to encourage myself in the Lord. Oh, so you're not going to acknowledge me? Cool. I'll encourage myself in the Lord. <laughs> I know it's past appreciation month, and for those of you who show me some kind of gratitude, appreciation, thank you. I love you. God bless you. But even when you don't, I know how to encourage myself in the Lord. I know how my, my Heavenly Father builds me up and appreciates and adds value to who I am. I learned long ago what I had to do. I've encouraged myself in the Lord. And in all of this, here's what Jesus does for me. He's so CrossFit that he has literally destroyed all the works of Satan. And he is the one who has broken through that fear 
the power of the fear of death. Hebrews chapter 2, let me just give you this. This is part of the reason I rejoice and I get so excited. Since then, we are God's children because we're human beings made of flesh and blood. What did Jesus do? He became flesh and blood also by being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die. And then in dying, he destroyed the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in that way could he deliver those who through the fear of death have been living all their lives as slaves to constant fear. Can I tell you today, Jesus is the one who can break all the power of fear. Fear for your present, fear for your future, fear over when I'm going to die, how I'm going to die. Satan had that power of fear, and Jesus broke it. He broke it. The cross wasn't just for the forgiveness of my sins. It was a place where Jesus showed Satan, your power has been broken. This is why we rejoice here today. Satan is a loser. He's defeated. He's been disarmed by the cross of Jesus Christ. And you and I today, we can walk in victory. We can walk in health. We can walk in joy. We can walk in hope because of Jesus. Satan has been defeated. His power has been broken. And Jesus Christ is the victor now and forever. Amen and amen. Someone put a praise on that today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So here's what I want to do. I want to make sure that we leave this place today with some kind of tangible response to the Word of God. We asked earlier if you had any weird fears, and I talked about some weird phobias. Anybody got just some legitimate fears? I've just got some, I've got some legitimate concerns, some, some, some things that legitimately scare me. Go ahead. It's all right. Identify yourself just for a minute. I, I, it's okay. It's okay. I've got some fears. I still face them. Now, I have fears. I just don't let fear have me. That's what it comes down to. Okay. We all have some, maybe something that maybe it doesn't scare us, at least it weighs on us. And it troubles us. And in some respects, it, it literally saps our courage, saps our strength. Maybe, maybe you don't go to bed scared at night. Maybe you don't wake up in the morning terrified. But maybe, just maybe, you've been thinking on something for a while. And I'm just like, ugh. I don't know if this is ever going to get better. I don't know if this is ever going to change. I, I don't know if I can make it through this. And this is the secret I'm trying to tell you. Keep this book of the law always on your lips keep it on your lips speak it everywhere you go speak it and then meditate on what you're saying think about what's coming out of your mouth because this is what will make your way prosperous this is how you will have success in this journey called life the word of God it's that powerful it really is. Are you going to be that generation with me that makes it, that makes up a, 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 makes up your mind? I'm going to be disciplined enough to make sure I'm sitting down and I'm speaking God's word. What do you got to lose? Hear me. Especially babes, babes in Christ, so those who are deciding whether or not I want to walk this, this walk with God. 
What do you got to lose to sit there and speak the scriptures and meditate on it? What do you got to lose? The garbage you watch on Netflix ain't helping you out anyway. Hello, somebody. What do you got to lose? Instead of binge watching some show that you sleep through half of it and then you got to go back and rewind it, come on. Why not just sit and binge on some scripture for a little bit? Just binge on some scripture. Woo! You know, I'm going I'm to exit out of Facebook here just for a moment. I'm going to go to my Bible app. Where's that at again? I haven't seen it in a while. I'm going to binge on the word. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to meditate on the word. And watch what's going to happen in your life. Just watch. Just watch how the word begins to fulfill itself in your life. How God's word cannot return back to him empty and void. But when he sends it forth, it prospers in the thing that he sends it to. It will accomplish its purpose. Watch what happens if you'll start speaking the word of God. Have anybody in this place today that is in agreement with me? It's time we become a disciplined generation. Come on, a, a disciplined generation. You want to see it in your children at least. So if you're in agreement with me, I'm going to be part of that disciplined generation. Just one more time, raise your hands to heaven. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. That as your perfect love is in this room, it's not only casting out fears, allowing our minds and our hearts to become disciplined, corrected. We are, we are literally rethinking our ways here today, Th- rethinking our speech, rethinking what we're listening to. The Word of God tells us ultimately that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So instead, we're going to do what the Word says. We're going to line up with the Word. We're going to speak the Word. We're going to mumble the Word. We're going to meditate on the Word. And we're going to see the power of the Word fulfilled in our families. Come on, the power of the Word fulfilled in our finances. The power of the Word fulfilled in our destinies. The power of the Word fulfilled here in this city. The power of the Word fulfilled over our very lives. Let it be so today. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Just with every hand raised to heaven, those who love the Lord in this place. Father, we just want to take these moments right now just to say we appreciate you. We honor you. We adore you. We love you. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.